Hello, one and all, and welcome to the Super Show podcast episode I don't even know anymore. Could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. And when I say us, I'm talking about me, yours truly, your host for this week, Jamie. I'm talking about my good friend, Chris, my other good friend, Mr. Alex Jones, and for the first time ever, the fourth member of the podcast, Jonesy's New Glasses. If everyone wants to introduce <laughs> themselves, um, tell us a little bit about yourselves, maybe a bit of backstory for those... Uh, for those frames, Jonesy? They don't speak. They just sit beautifully upon my face. Um, I think number podcast, I think we're at number 150 podcasts, by the way. It is. Yeah, it is 150. Uh, whoop, whoop. I should have remembered one. that. Like that should have been a celebratory thing. And instead, I just went into this completely blind, did the usual shtick <laughs> I do when I am introing the podcast, and I realized I had no idea what number it was. But 150, that's pretty good going. It's a, it's Let's a, take a poll, a straw mm. poll while, while we're at the thing. Um, uh, before we move on, I want to know who's a fan of the new glasses and who's not before we move on. And now we've got that out of the way. 150, boys. Are you are you excited for 150? Uh, yeah. It, yeah. Do you know what? It's one of those things where it is a big number in some respects because, hey, like I don't know if you guys noticed, but it's a multiple of 10 <laughs> and it's a multiple of 5 and it's there's other numbers that there's a multiple of as well. I won't even go into them. Um <laughs> And it feels like it should be three. significant, but yeah, three, two, yeah, six. Two. Um, six. We know. could be here for a while. Basically, what I'm saying is it feels good. It feels nice. It's a nice achievement, but it doesn't warrant like a special edition of the podcast, Woo-hoo. right? Yeah. I'm going to say, will it be in six episodes? That would be three years. Because I guess one. Yeah. 156. Is that, yeah. that right? Yeah, because yeah, six yeah. episodes is six weeks as well, so that would put us like round about the start of January, I guess. And I think that's when we kicked this whole thing off back in the old All Time Gaming Studio. Yeah, well, I, I remember was trying, we yeah, we recorded course, course. we recorded in December, but yeah, we, we started in putting right. them out. Uh, yeah, actually, oh uh, yeah, I can remember because I think the first recording. I, I feel like I can talk about this now without thinking I'm going to get sued or something. Oh. But our first ever recording was basically cut short because I had to go to the meeting where I was discussing the nature of my departing <laughs> from the company that um, uh, All Time Gaming was housed within. Yeah, um, there's lots of HR representatives telling Jamie off and um, he's not going to do that thing that he used to do anymore. So don't worry, everyone, you're safe. Okay, you're safe. Yeah. Exactly. You two aren't safe. You still have to. What what goes on when we start rolling, but before we've like edited stuff out, the folks at home do not need to see, hear, or know about. Uh, wow, do you know what they do is... need to hear about, though? Mm. Uh, video games, ideally, because that is what we are here to talk about. That is the news upon which we are here to deliver. And we do so across a plethora of platforms, including YouTube. You might be watching us there now, in which case, hello, you can see us. I'm waving for a little, like, favorite reference. If you can't see us, you wouldn't know that. That's why you need to be on YouTube, folks. And if you are over there, you can subscribe. You can leave a comment in the comment section down below. We occasionally pick out some of our favorites and make them the comment of the week. We don't do that wow. voice every week, but if that were a thing that people were interested in hearing, we could maybe adjust. You can also find us over on Twitter, at SuperShowPod, for as long as that platform is still around and for as long as Elon <laughs> gives us our... Which amendment is it that we need to fight for? Second, fourth. Fifty-five uh, C. Who fucking knows anymore? As long is as the, Elon. Is it the first amendment? Is it the first one? I I don't. Know. Did it, was it really that high up the the list that they were like, "This is the first thing"? We no, Jones, you're thinking of pleading the fifth, which is what you do every week. 
Oh, yeah, I am thinking that. You're right. Right. The handle on Twitter, at SuperShowPod. <laughs> we will continue to be there. We will continue to not invest in Twitter blue yeah. and getting a blue checkmark. Um, no, but so we're waiting for that. Over. Waiting for that Twitter, Twitter gold, bitch. Yeah, exactly. I, I was actually hoping that we would get like you know the official tag that people got underneath that they didn't even have to ask for. Mm, it's like nice. yeah, because we are the one and only Super Show. We didn't get it. We're not that important. We are a little bit more important though over on certain podcasting platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Google mm-hmm. Podcasts. If you head over there, you can find this podcast. You can listen to it. Some of them will even let you leave a rating, and if they do let you do so, may I recommend? You give an honest review in the five-star region. And if your honest review falls below that mark, the mayor suggests you don't leave a review at all. Thank you and good night. Um, yeah, and stop listening to us. I, in great. Yeah, exactly. How dare you? <laughs> I just checked. It is the First Amendment. Free speech. No, it's not. It's Free not. speech is the First Amendment. Yes, it is. No, the First I, Amendment um, is the United States Constitution prevents the government from making laws that regulate or establish a religion or prohibit the uh, free exercise of a religion or abridge the freedom of speech. The freedom of the press and the freedom of assembly. It, of course, right. it's the First Amendment because that's the, the, the First Amendment. You know people, what? I was bang on about the first. The, the second one is bare arms. So you know, the second one is the right to a pair of bare arms on your wall. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then the third is horse legs. I believe. <laughs> um, yeah, I like you're that, allowed yeah. horse legs yeah. on the side of your car so that when you drive, they do this. So uh, oh, like Flintstones style. Don't get scared. Hell yeah! Exactly. That that would actually be sick. Do you know what else is sick? Uh. These puppies? Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, that's, I mean no, those puppies are fucking sick. Yeah, sick. Not call the vet. As sick. Although mm. you should probably still call the vet for Paisley yeah. Radio over at paisleyradio.com <laughs> because that is the hottest uh, digital radio website in all the land. And if you head over there at Thursdays at 10 p.m., you can catch this very podcast. It's repeated on Mondays. That link, once again, is paisleyradio.com for the sickest podcasting radio digitally <laughs> over the internet puppies outside yeah. of Chris's biceps. No, oh, two, man. It, it's a, it's a, poip podcast it's a po- over internet po- protocol. Poip. Oh, I thought you were doing yeah. that thing like you know how if you say beer, oh, like can. pipe. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were doing like an Irish pipe. Poip. Jeez. It's my poip. Get it's your hands off my poip. But, but I like a lot the, of people say that in Dublin. I've got I've got this image though of someone picking up the phone to their vet like distraught. My dog just won't stop listening to internet radio. Please, can you help? <laughs> actually, yeah. we. Actually, that's one of the things I do wonder, and you both be better positioned to answer this than me, because I, full transparency, I've never really grown up with a pet. And when I say really, um, my parents have had partners that have had pets, and so I might have you know spent a week with them here or there. But I've always been fascinated when it comes to pets' reactions to forms of entertainment. And, like, you know how you see there was that <clears> whole phase <throat> online earlier this year where pets were reacting to Stray? Like, how oh, do right, pets yeah, feel yeah. about podcasts? Does anyone listening to this have a dog that is just like, oh, is it Super Show time? And then they just, <laughs> like, get into bed and just they just start listening to the best video game podcast yeah. on the planet. It's like they say you've got to, you got to play classical music to plants to let them grow, and you've got to play Super Show to dogs who have runny tummies. Yeah. The, the, the other thing I'd be worried about is that if Jonesy's impression of me is anything to go by, I sound enough <laughs> like a dog that some dogs might just start barking if you play this out loud. <laughs> can, can, they, they would. Can, and can you give us a spin, Jonesy? Hello, I'm Jamie. Yeah, still the exact same shit. <laughs> I just, love that. Welcome. Love that. Fucking bark. To the Super Show podcast. I mean, you do kind of bark though, Jamie. Come on. No, no he don't. doesn't. No, I don't. I'm I, I'm just teasing him. He doesn't do that at all. He sounds no. lovely. Um, it's wow. no. It's, okay. It's funny you say though because 
uh, they do say that for like anxious dogs and things like that, you can play uh, as as you were saying, like music or something. But one thing I think podcasts will be good for is if you had an anxious dog and you had to go out and leave it alone, you might find playing a podcast of people talking would actually make it feel, at first, it probably wouldn't do anything. Could we, if you played it when you were there and then you it, left it alone, yeah. it probably would alleviate some stress. Could we do a, a dog-friendly segment on this podcast? So I, I'll, I'll kick it off. Who's a good dog? Who's a good boy? You're a good boy. You want a bone? You want a bone? Oh, you want to fetch the ball? So, you want to fetch the ball? See, Go fetch the ball. Go the only thing that worries me about this is not that that wasn't extremely satisfying to some <laughs> dog out there. It's that we have listeners who get off on this kind of shit and they're like, they want to be talked to like a dog. And Chris has just got them wow. from zero, like I, from six to midnight. Mate, first, first of all, to think that uh, anyone listening our show actively enjoys it, I think, I think that's a myth. To be honest, uh, I do now. I, I, that I, I think it's uh, you gave him. Well, maybe now, yeah. Does yeah, that does maybe. that count as a jerk off instructions? What Chris just did? Have we just done our first ever joy segment Ooh. on the on the podcast? Oh, no, I, I guess that would make technically, technically make, not. Fellas, I've got it. You've actually cracked this wide open because we've said how many times we joked like, ha ha ha, we start on OnlyFans. We start on OnlyFans, but we just okay. do jerk off instructions. I mean, I'm super done. enthusiastic like you just did. I mean, however they want it, they're paying, you know? I think, I mean, I think we were just a countdown away from making our first ever piece of content. We don't have a particularly big bridge to gap here. I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. We maybe, you know, get a couple of extra sort of, I don't know if tears is how OnlyFans work, because hand on heart, never subscribe to one. But like if there were a way we could incentivize maybe some Jonesy feet picks at some point in the future, yeah, just a way yeah. to kind of ramp things up. I'd think we'd get there in no time. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to that, ship, don't ship worries some me. bath water. Yeah, there we go. Although, but like, it worries me is shower puddle. <laughs> it's, not that we, it's not that we wouldn't do well, it's that we might do better than I think, which scares me more. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> when you put it that way, you're right. Like that would, yeah. we'd almost have to shut it down immediately. We'd start it. We'd be so concerned by how much money we were making relative to a gaming podcast that we'd worked on for almost three years that we we're like, actually, the internet is a scary place. Let's leave. Um, <laughs> do you know what else is a scary place? Um, the Kosovo. Oh, it's too much at certain times of year and given certain political climates. Yeah, there would maybe be reasons to avoid a place such as Kosovo. But I was going to talk about the land of Pokemon because oh, God, Lord yeah. knows there are some things in that world that should not be bipedal but are very bipedal and have faces <laughs> and eyes and you could technically fuck them if you wanted to. But and wheels. Like, and wheels. But And or what about legs that are wheels, Chris? Uh, no, but legs and wheels. Yeah, oh, the leg wheels are horrible. It, it just, is horrible. It, just it, it defies anatomy, and it really freaks me out. I mean, defying anatomy, though, is what uh, the Pokemon company and it's what Game Freak do best. They defy a lot of other things, uh, too, as we'll get to in just a moment. <laughs> but, of course, we are talking about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And the reason we're talking about them so early is because they have, after we you know, gave them a pretty scathing reception last week, they've got a positive milestone to report on, which is in itself a horrific damning indictment of the state Jesus of the industry Christ. and every single fucking consumer on planet Earth that contributes to it. Because Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have had Nintendo's biggest launch ever, boys, with 10 million sales inside 72 hours. It's um, fucking that is absolutely insane, isn't it? Yeah. Like, do you want a point was, of comparison to, to yeah, just to hit that home before you do? Uh, God yeah. of War Ragnarok became PlayStation's fastest-selling first-party game ever when it sold 5.1 million copies, half as many, in its first week. 
Twice the time. So twice as long. So yeah, <laughs> I did, but we always say this though. Like Nintendo is a weird cat because it's a it's a um, it's like a contained audience. You're not vying for like um, different people will say like you've got xbox playstation like sort of fighting it out and then you've got pc gamers who come into that like nintendo seems to be something completely separate on its own it's still sort of is the handheld market it's not just a console market so you've kind of got this it's a different thing and we always say that anytime nintendo releases a mainline game it smashes it because everyone with that switch sits there and goes i really want the new thing and you kind of have no choice but it goes to a point that we talked about last week which is that we often talk in a microcosm where we took what we yeah. think us talking about bad things, technical difficulties, da 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 da. It's going to have an effect, and it doesn't because hey, Nintendo sells ten million copies in three days. Mate, but, but this uh, hand up, hand up as well. I'm one of the people who's bought it because my kid, wants it. It for, my kid wants it for Christmas. So oh, okay, um, so okay. it's been bought, but it hasn't been played. So I, I got it for my brother-in-law for his birthday because he he wasn't. I, I think he just finished Pokemon Snap, and he was in no hurry. He was like, I've heard it's bad. And there was me, the fucking idiot who supported it. And like, well, you know, I, I heard it wasn't bad. No. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it, it is pretty bad. But my, oh. my justification was, look, you're probably going to want to buy it anyway. And if they never patch it out, you're going to be really bitter that you spent your money on it. So I just bought it for you. So there we go. You know, you're welcome. Um, and he played it. And he's really enjoying it. But he is saying that, like, like he, he had to restart the game twice because we just, like, couldn't proceed the frame rate issues are ever ever present and it like defies belief um you know and and this is the worry right like 10 million people have plunged to get this game in the first 72 hours mm-hmm. how many of those people are going to be turned off from the next pokemon entry right like well, well i i i don't know man like maybe not turned as off a, as a- but 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 like First adopters? Nah. In, in, unless maybe like 5 million or those 10 million are parents just buying it so it's ready for Christmas, which is entirely feasible, you know? But I just think I just, it's, 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 just, it's just disappointing, man. It's just like so soul-sapping, so depressing that this happens to a, such a broken game. And it's almost like I'm sure the people at Game Freak will be like, ah, see, told you it would be fine. But like that's, that's not, that's not that's how shit takeaway, should be. Right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. I just like, kind of think that there's there's a big subset of people that they won't even care, they won't even notice the frame rate issues because yeah. there's a whole group of people that play on like Switch who'll play it and they'll go, they won't literally, and if they'll just, they'll notice it, but they'll just gloss over it. They'll just assume it's something going on and they'll just play through, carry on, crack on with it. If they have to restart the game a couple of times, they'll be a bit frustrated, but when the next Pokemon game comes mm-hmm. out, I don't think it'll affect yeah, I I yeah. tend to agree with Jonesy, and I think one of the re- things that makes it very easy to kind of see that perspective is that most of us, at one point in time, and like in our lives, were that person. Um, and like in a lot of cases, it was because we were younger, or maybe we we're just sort of less aware of you know the technical elements of how a game ran. But yeah, I I didn't know that I was playing Red Dead Redemption One at less than seven twenty p at frame rates that <laughs> rarely hit or held thirty frames a second. I wouldn't have known what half of that shit meant. Uh, it's, it's you know channels like Digital Foundry that put this shit on blast and have changed the conversation, right? I I get that, but when you have windmills in the background moving at two oh. frames a second, yeah, like and it that, is that shit's noticeable, okay? And um and and it, I I think it's noticeable when parts of the game run well and other parts of the game don't. That's when you're really in trouble. Like if you're just across yeah. the board, like yeah, this this game just fucking runs at twenty frames per second across the board and just fucking deal with it, then you'd be like, yeah, that that's just how the game is, you know. 
Yeah. And I think that's where, like, I'm more aligned with you, Chris, and in the sense of I, I think Jonesy's right in that nothing can happen as a result of this or the fallout that Dora has derived from this that can knock Pokemon off that pedestal. And uh, like, <clears throat> But there is still a part of me that's just, like, they've sat there, this game has been out for a week, it's selling millions of copies, millions of families and kids and so on, taking this home and either playing it now or waiting to play it at Christmas, and there's been no communication whatsoever, nothing to acknowledge the problems, nothing to outline you know, the, the directions or the efforts that are going into fixing it. There's not even a guarantee, knowing the way these situations usually pan out when it comes to, uh, I'm going to say Game Freak mostly rather than just Nintendo, there's not even a guarantee that anything will ever happen. Like this could be a completely unpatched product for the remainder of its lifetime, and that wouldn't be that unusual in this kind of field. It's not like a cyberpunk situation where, you know, there were multiple apologies and multiple people getting out in front of cameras <clears throat> to say sorry, and those big yellow posts on social media every week saying, "Here are oh, the yeah. hot fixes, and here are all the things we're doing, and we're trying, and here's here's the timeline of all the shit we're working on, all the free stuff we're going to give you." There is something about that kind of that but you know. Th th Sorry, there's a few things. There's a few things there, right? Though, right? So, obviously, with uh, CDPR, they've got like their board of directors, etc., and 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 shareholders that they need to account to. Whereas, obviously, I, I'm not saying that Game Freak doesn't, but they they're very much a different kind of entity, especially not just Japanese, but how Game Freak works within the Pokemon company, within their like adjacentness to um, Nintendo themselves. Like, it's kind of sticky. And I think at the same time, I would imagine they don't want to acknowledge the problem because they don't want to jeopardize any future sales, which is a really weird way to think of it because it's like word of mouth. But I think like we say, we are in this like little microcosm of like, we hear a game is bad, we'll fucking tell everybody and their fucking dog who's willing to listen how bad this game is and you shouldn't fucking jump in. Whereas uh, fucking eight-year-old Timmy down the road, you know, uh, yeah. they, he might not even play it until Christmas, and and yeah. I think for them they're probably saying like you know just 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 hold the fort, just chill, just relax, let let the waves fucking ride over you, just fucking sell as many as you can, and eventually maybe acknowledge the problem. But the one one question I wanted to ask you fellas because and I guess maybe this is more you, Jamie, because I know Jonas, you're you're more of a recent convert rather than uh, Jamie's like lifelong fan, but. <clears throat> recently has there been any precedent to game freak patching any games at all because i like i've no clue right i see i i'd fully believe it if they had patched games the issue is i don't know uh firsthand of a game that was in this much of a dire need of patching um yeah and where like the the uh, the differences between the state of the game previous and the state of the game going forward would be as obvious as they would be in a case like this um and like for example, like Arceus could have fit that bill, but Pokemon Legends Arceus was one of the only like I don't even know if it's considered mainline Pokemon game. I'm not even sure it is, but it, no, I didn't not. play that game. Um, and so yeah. you know, the last couple of years for me, sort of in and around Sword and Shield, have been you know basically all the other remakes and all the other bits and bits, some of which haven't even been made by Game Freak. They were you know sending some yeah. that stuff out to um, to other studios around the world. And so my honest answer is I don't really know. But I, I, I can I can answer for you as I've researched it while you were giving that mm, good answer, James. See, see what happens. He, like, get, he gets new specs, and all of a sudden, it's fucking point decks though. Oh, let me do some research. Yeah, for you, yeah. Huh? check it attack. Yeah, uh, just uh, so an example, I would say uh, a solid entry in the series that was stable and was the last Pokemon game I played, which was Pokemon Sword and Shield, um, was patched multiple times. So it looks like it had a. Okay. 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, like ten or eleven patches. Do you um, know to fix like battle bug fixes? Yeah, like, little technical issues. All right, point there. Dexter. Do you know from what point of mm. release to <laughs> to first patch? Well, like what was the time frame? Uh, can you let me see? So it came out January 2020, um, and then March 2020 was the first uh, patch, which was like wow. bug fixes, and then you had another one in June that year, July yeah. that year, October that year. So okay. it, lo- it looks like they they've been sort of systematically pumping yeah. out patches. Where, but you, like, you know, but you'd imagine, like you said, like I, I I mean I never played it, but I'll take your word for it that maybe Sword and Shield was a, a more stable release than this. So you'd imagine that they'd want to fast track any kind of patch. But I'm just glad that at least there is a precedent for patches to be taking place. Yeah, I would have gone with you guys. Like I I would have said no personally, but no, apparently there is. Apparently they do do patches. I think yeah. patches are one of those things where like they're more noticeable when a game is in more dire need of them. And for as yeah. much as Game Freak's reputation has never been solid gold. It's never, they, you know, they haven't had their Cyberpunk 2077 or their Saints Row moment yet, where it's like, something needs to get done about this fairly quickly, otherwise it's a bit weird. And it does no, feel I'm like... Sure, surely this is it, though. Surely yeah, this is this that is moment. What, but I'm, I'm, this, this is what I mean, though. Is the point I was going to make was this feels like a situation that is going to become, like, the case study that we can call back to when it comes to the impact a situation like this had on, you know, the way Game Freak operate. Uh, the way they handle releases like this and sort of like how quickly they can patch stuff, the extent to which they can fix things, i.e. like what, you know, all that conversation we had last week about the limitations of the Switch and the limitations of Game Freak as a team, can they make for some of the shortcomings or maybe the latter of those issues? Um, and also like this is going to be the the case study where we go back to, like we look back to when we're talking about what Jonesy was mentioning, which is that do future entries in the series sell slightly less? Like, is this a kind of a high point for the series now in terms of sales? And is it met with a bit more caution or trepidation in the future? Probably not, but it'll be interesting to see. And then also, like, does anything change on a larger scale where someone steps in and is like, do you know what? We got away with this. It's sold well, but this can't happen again for the sake of our reputation. And now the development cycles are longer or Game Freak is doubling in size or we're going to get in more external help uh, along the way. You know, that's where things get interesting for me. Mm. Yeah, you, Pokemon is a strange one as well, though, because it's so um, it's so much effect. I would imagine from outside the, the video games as well. Like as soon as the, the loads of TV series aren't as popular, the card games not as popular. Like you know, as soon as that stuff gets affected and kids aren't as into it, I'm sure. Like so, they've seen a big first three day on on. Um, uh, Violet and Scarlet, but it could be that the next game is just for some reason it's like ebbed to flow differently and it's not as big and it's nothing to do with the games, it's nothing to do with the sales, it's nothing to do with the game yeah. freak. It's just because yeah. the, it's, it's weird when you've got a monolith like that because it's it seems to be affected by so many different things. Yeah. It, uh, can, can we talk about like just to move on the conversation just a little bit, just how mental it is that the the switch, I mean, at this stage, it it must be like one of the most successful consoles not not just in terms of like hardware sales but like software sales as well this is absolutely phenomenal isn't it like all the all the previous records that were held for it like oh look here's the fucking perfect intersection of the zeitgeist that uh, um lets animal crossing become like the biggest game in the world and then <laughs> you know i more more ex- expected from a pokemon game than an animal crossing game but still the fact that it is like um, the highest global sales level for any software on any Nintendo platform within the first three days. Like that's 
insane. Mm. See, I don't know if it's the cynic in me, like uh, like you guys are going to have to let me know. But to me, I think records like this get broken and, and you know sales like this are achieved because you have a console that is incredibly popular, sells incredibly well, you know, loads of installed units around the world, and there is still <clears throat> such a relative shortfall in software, at least good software or software that's made yeah. explicitly for that platform, that the attach rate of the software that does get released is still unbelievably high. And it happened, you know, really early on where it was like fucking like two in every three Nintendo Switch owners own Breath of the Wild or, you know, Mario Kart or whatever it was. And I just think that kind of stuff still happens where people really like this console. It's incredibly popular. They still want to use it. They still want to interact with it. For some people, it's their main console and they need games for it. They need software. And on, on incredibly popular franchises like Pokemon, it sets records like this. The other impact it has is it takes franchises like Splatoon that might have been, you know, like, you know, a game that was, you know, up, up, just on the side of, say, like the Nintendo Wii's um, uh, sort of like catalog and like just like a popular thing here or there. It takes something like Splatoon <clears throat> and makes it a series that can sell millions of units when, like, yeah. that's what say, like, first-party Sony and Microsoft stuff stuff does. Yeah. So it's all like of a sudden, a, it's like Splatoon like a... is as big as Spider-Man because, <laughs> you know, people need things on their Switch. It's it's a masterclass in supply and demand, isn't it? Like, yeah. at, at, towards the end of a lifespan, you start trickling stuff out and it just becomes, like, popular and popular and popular. Just for, for comparison's sake, because this is the other question. It's like, okay, just because it sold 10 million units in its first three days, that doesn't necessarily mean uh, that it's, like, fucking going to, continue on that in the first month yeah exactly so the the i'd imagine the previous winner <laughs> in terms of sales units um was i'd imagine animal crossing new horizons because that was fucking mental but it is to its lifetime as of 12th of september uh this year sold 39.38 million units which is mm. uh, incredibly large but that this has done a quarter of that number in three days. That is insane. That's, when you say like that, that's mad. I, there is a question I'd like. I don't know the answer to, I must admit. Um, I would imagine one of the things that sort of makes it different for Nintendo is I, a lot more of their games seem global. Whereas I think a lot of uh, first-party stuff on the Xbox, on the PlayStation, I would imagine is less so. Like, I'm sure, I don't think Ragnarok is probably as global. I don't think, like, a Halo game is maybe as global. But then I think when you look at an Animal Crossing, when you look at a Pokemon, I just get the feeling that those are global games that sell everywhere equally, and there's no comparison. You don't have, like, a first-person shooter in, um, like, this massive in China, and then a different one in the USA, and then a different one in Europe. I think Pokemon's Pokemon. But yeah, like you're not wrong, and, and especially especially because it, it skews younger, right? That makes it easier at the sell automatically because that's parents, that's kids, that's everyone under the sun going for this. Whereas you say, oh, God of War Ragnarok, that's a, a mature game for a mature audience, etc. Um, but the, maybe it would be impressive if it was PS5 only. But the fact that it's on PS4 as well, there's a massive install base there. And at a time, again, when, like, first-party Sony games are few and far between, like, you know, fucking hell, there's no reason why. I don't think PS4 and PS5 owners look forward to Sony first-party exclusives in the same way Nintendo Switch owners look forward to 
Nintendo first party exclusives. Like I don't think there were PS4 owners out there with their arms folded going, God, Ragnarok better come out because I've had nothing to play since Horizon. Like that that those whereas like yeah. there may have been Switch players who were like, Thank God for Bayonetta and Pokemon because it's been really dry lately and I'm not gonna go and go to eShop and buy a game for four pounds seventy nine every other Fellas, I don't remember like I don't even remember the last game I bought on the Switch. Like, oh, honestly, yeah, like know. with 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 my own money, it might have just been. Oh, Kirby! I, I, Kirby was the last Kirby. 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 It didn't, See, didn't I, for I, me because I, I, I buy Kirby. Kirby. Yeah, I I tend to buy games more now, like that. I will play them, but um, like I'll buy them for my kids. Like my six year old loves to switch. He loves games. Obviously, yeah. he's ill. He, he's he's finished like Pokemon Sword. And, <clears> I think we've got Sword. He's finished Pokemon Sword like three times. Like he cannot get. Up. That's mad. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, can, can I give you some some more interesting stats? Okay, uh, Animal yeah. Crossing New Horizons, um, in its first eleven days, sold eleven point seven seven million units. So Pokemon a lot faster by comparison. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what how the milestones kind of line up. So, for instance, first six weeks of Animal Crossing, thirteen million. So it slowed down quite significantly. And then the first four months, 22.4. Yeah. See, what, it's interesting because I would say Animal Crossing is more of a universal game. I think that game can apl- appeal to anyone of any sort of ability level, of any sort of interest level. It was just like a cute, it was almost like a cutesy mobile game on the Switch. Um, whereas I think Pokemon, yeah. you, have to know, you have to be into Pokemon. You have to know about battling. You have to know about, you have to want to do that. I, I would, I wonder if it won't, if it will slow right down now and we'll see, you know, it, I don't think it'll reach the heights of Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah, no, I don't think it will, personally. I think when you look at the top selling software on the Switch, like the Animal, I don't know how much the COVID factor played into Animal Crossing, but Animal oh, big Crossing time. is this weird, yeah, it's, it's this weird anomaly where, you know, like I think four or five games on the Switch have passed 20 million units and Animal Crossing is just jumps up way up there to be up close to Mario Kart 8, which it seems otherworldly. The, the thing that's standing out to me looking at this, though, is that Pokemon Sword and Shield, which only came out three years ago, um, sold uh, 25 million units. Pokemon yeah. Legends Arceus, which came out earlier this year, sold 14 million units. I just can't see a world where there are like even like five to 10 million more Pokemon fans, or at least Switch-owning Pokemon yeah. fans, hungry for a, a scathed piece of software uh, compared to three years ago, so I'm I'm also of the opinion that this slows right down and settles in the ten to twenty, maybe early twenties in terms of millions, which is yeah. still unfathomably large. <laughs> like when people talked about Call of Duty being the king of kings, like Call of Duty games would settle in the mid twenties a lot of years. Now, admittedly, that was with a primarily Western, like North American and European audience, and not on Nintendo platforms and so on and so forth. But there, yeah, the attach rate, like. It, <laughs> I don't, I, yeah. I don't even know what to say about it. Like, it's it's frightening. Um, by the way, there are apparently 114 million Switch units out there in the world. If you combine Switch, Switch Lite, and Switch OLED, 114 million. That's mad. So, uh, Call of Duty Vanguard, as of third of May, sold 30 million copies. See, yeah, there you go. That's that's yeah. more than I thought. Fucking hell! Vanguard. And it says that and it says didn't yeah, sell, Vanguard as well didn't sell as well as Black Ops. Uh, will be Black Ops. What was the last Black Ops? Cold War. Black Ops Four. Uh, oh, Cold War. 
Black Wait, Ops, so Black Ops Cold War somewhat. Now we're getting into weird stuff where like I always had my thing for the Call of Duties in the twenties to thirties, but maybe I don't know. Well, well, yeah, well Chris is um. Yeah, let, let me let me find that because that's fucking interesting, isn't it? I will just issue but, but, um a, a, a quick amendment. Actually, uh, there's a a quote that we've thrown around this podcast plenty of times over the years that unfortunately is now uh, drastically out of date and in need of updating. <laughs> so the latest quote um, from Mr. Nintendo himself, Shigeru Miyamoto, a delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game will sell 10, 10 million units in 72 hours. So if anyone <laughs> wants to get their black and white pictures of Miyamoto with the cursive uh, font, uh, with the, the quote on the right, that is the updated version, Sheriff <laughs> and wide. Wow. Jeez. Josie, you were going to say something? Oh well, I was going to. So we were like invoking games uh, like Call of Duty, and um, you know you can think of other games as well that, that have done sort of similar numbers. But again, like these are multi-system PC console games, yep, yep. and we're comparing to. I would I would love to see a panel where um, there's like PlayStation, Microsoft, uh, Nintendo, like PC, and they're just all talking about what the best platform is, like that does the most sales, you know, on their own platforms, and then Nintendo just have their numbers flashing above them, and just leading to the microphone and go, "Oh fuck you." <laughs> yeah i mean that's basically what they do in the the fucked thing about nintendo is that's what they do without doing it they don't actually need to even say the yeah. fuck you the fuck you is implied it's the implication yeah, it's of the fuck you it's the implication. Yeah. okay so i've got some numbers here so uh black ops cold war 13 million i mean that's that's good going really uh, yeah modern warfare reboot so the the one from uh 2019 30 yeah. million as well so pretty high <sighs> Then, How did those two sell the same amount of units? I don't. That's un- yeah, unfathomable. It, it is mad. People it? just buy Call of Duty, mate. They yeah, don't see true. the name of the game. We don't see Although, what version. You, they just see Call you of say, Duty. You say that, Jonesy. Black Ops 4, 14.3 million. Okay, but to be fair, Black Ops 4 was only Blackout. But before that, uh, Call of Duty World War 2 was 19.82 million. Okay, Infinite Warfare, 13.6. Uh, Black Ops 3, 26.7. Uh, yeah. Advanced Warfare 21, Call of Duty oh. Ghosts, uh, some fucking, somehow 28.98 million. <laughs> uh, Black Ops 2 was 31 million. Uh, <laughs> Modern Warfare 3, 30 million. Black Ops 30 million. Modern Warfare 2, 25 million. Shh. World at War 15.7. Like and there it goes down. It's, it's so interesting because we was, we've obviously said before, like, it's interesting the Warzone effect because now it's like, you know, you can get Warzone free to play. You don't even have to worry about getting the game. I mean, it's going to have an effect. And I think those yeah. the fact that those numbers don't continue to grow is probably tentative. Well, to, it'll have an effect you know, on sales, but on, on like uh, units sold, but it won't have an, uh, an and effect. And revenue on, generated. Yeah. yeah no, nah, but it won't have an effect so. on revenue because all they've done no, is. No, I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they've shifted it to free to play model you've moved so. to the battle pass as opposed to the people who buy like the individual mm. uh, game yeah units. but if you're still selling a, a, a good amount for vanguard like you know yeah and that, who that, knows? that surprised me i thought vanguard yeah. was meant to be like uh, a disappointment in terms of sales yeah that was the well, impression i was always given apparently um, not see you learn well, something new every day with the well every week with the super show 
Yeah, so this week I've learned uh, how much sales determine the uh, revenue that uh, Activision is able to generate. And if you want to learn more about the revenue that we're able to generate as a gaming podcast that puts out a new episode every week, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash super show because that is the place where we ask the most generous amongst yourselves to head over to consider donating uh, to us at various tiers and earning certain rewards uh, for doing so, for example, that if you if you sign up to our Patreon at the two dollar tier, you can earn access to our Discord server. It's a friendly community of like minded Super Show fans, and we discuss anything and everything apart from things that you're not allowed to discuss. In which case, it's not quite. It's it's most things, most things. And if most, you need to yeah. take it to the DMs, take it to the DMs. There's other tiers. There's like a five dollar tier and a ten dollar tier. Loads of. Uh, you know, patron exclusive content, patron exclusive podcasts, spoiler casts, and all <laughs> kinds of you know crazy ideas for things that we did once and never went back to again. Who knows? We <laughs> might even find the time to do a God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast one of these days. Just need a couple Mate. of players <laughs> to get their asses in gear. Am I right, boys? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm on yeah. it. I'm on it. Totally. Yeah, more on that later, I'm sure. Um, but that link, <laughs> once again, if any of that sounds of any interest to you, is patreon.com forward slash super show. There are a number of people who have already headed over there, who have already pledged to us and are already helping the Super Show podcast continue to live long and prosper. There are some names of some of those good folks at the bottom of your screen right now. And I also want to give a very personal, very special shout out to Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Bill Caesar, Brimstone, Cole K. Crow's Perch, Ice Not Rock Salt, Jesper Camdahl Nielsen, Leo Merger, <laughs> Mindful Pig, Mr. Anthropic, Pastor Skilled, and the members of the board. Our bosses, Brett Z, a.k.a. Shellshock, Doppler, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Bookread, Manuel Guerrero, and Peasward. Thank you all ever so much, fine people. Danke. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Appreciate it. I'm getting better at using like non-gender specific collective terms because it's something I have to do for work now. So look forward to a lot of folks and people. No more guys. Things. No. Thanks, things. No, that no. Sounds, that's horrible. I would definitely get in trouble for things. Can you imagine? <laughs> Jesus. Why? Yeah. That's gender neutral. Thank you, things. It's also, yeah, it's things. also just kind of like rough. It's... Like if I said Jonesy's a thing. I am a thing. I'm a human thing. Mm. If Jonesy identifies as a thing, what can you do? I don't know. It just brings. I didn't back say of, that. Yeah, jo- you, jo- jo- is that Jonesy's Twitter profile is thing slash things? Or <laughs> I was going to say, can you have pronouns that include thing? I don't even know how that. Th- would yeah, work. thing, thing slash thang. You, you, <laughs> thing you're that, and you're, yeah, you're that thang. You know. All right. Yeah, it's something to consider, Jonesy. Like you said, you may have a Twitter bio to update in the near future. And to be honest, if you are keeping your Twitter bio up to date, one thing that many people like to do is they like to put their hobbies, maybe even skills mm. in a Twitter bio. And I hear that you've been adding another skill to your tool belt this past week <laughs> with the help of a certain piece of video game software. Oh. I Yes, I have. I uh, I wanted to play the guitar for a very long time. And so I finally decided I would buy one and um, have a go. And I have been um, using an app called Musician to learn to play the guitar, but I wanted to um, get Ubisoft's Rocksmith Plus and see how that worked. Because mm. uh, one of the things that really appealed to me with uh, Rocksmith Plus is that you can plug your electric guitar into your uh, computer directly and you can then like listen back to yourself and it actually applies like the effects. Like, you know, if, so you can play not just like a twangy guitar, you can have it actually sound like 
certain artists that you might appreciate. The only problem with Rocksmith Plus is not many of the artists on the uh, game you'll <laughs> recognise because oh. it's pretty limited. <laughs> on, um, so there, there are some absolute. What, yeah, what, God, like g- give us give us some examples of people that we might know on Rocksmith. Oh, so, so there are some that you would definitely recognise. Like for example, like Metallica's on there. Like they've got a few tracks on there, so amazing. Um, but for, I, there's going to be a while before I'm at the level where I can play a Metallica song. Yeah, uh, it's not going to happen <laughs> anytime soon. Um, apart from that, there's a lot of um, I don't even know. Like there's like I think Van mm. Morrison, Brown Eyed Girl is on do, there. Do they have okay. any um, Alison Chains? Because I was just mm. going to say, if you were putting a band together and you needed a lead singer for the song "Man in the Box," then just mm. I am I am very good. I that's my song. I don't, wow. I don't know if Alice in Chains is on there. I'd say what they do have that is like some. It's a lot of bands, and you're like, oh, okay, I know, I like that band. And then you look at the song, and it's like, I don't know what that song. <laughs> it's, yeah. What do you? So Justin Timberlake is on there. A is track it, from yeah. Justified. Yeah, do you remember that album Justified yeah. by Justin Timberlake? Yeah. So that had uh, Crimea River on. Absolute banger. Love great track. Like twenty years. Yeah, ago. but was there that guitar is not, in that? No, no, I don't think there was. But that is not on Rocksmith. A, a different track from the album Justified is on there. And I was like, I don't know what this track is. I've never heard it from my life. Um, and that is, a, it's replicated a few times. Like, you're like, oh, there's there's a good song from a good band from this album. Oh, this is a song I've never heard. It's just some yeah. next song that you've never listened to on that album. Uh, <laughs> so that's a little bit unfortunate, I'm going to yeah. say. But the I, game, I, the setup and everything and how you play the game is pretty cool. It's It's a bit Guitar Hero. Um, you have like the fretboard and, and it shows you how to like do the finger placements and stuff and when to, and it, that stuff works pretty well. I will say um, it's, it's a lot harder than guitar hero, as you can imagine with an action uh, guitar. No, no shit. But how, how you get yeah. on? Like, are you, you know, I'm doing the right. Uh, Cause what, mainly through this other app that I was using, I've been doing it for about two months now. Oh, wow. Um, so I, I was playing The Pretender by Foo Fighters the other day. Oh, trying. Nice. I should oh, say nice. trying. Trying. Trying, yeah. Pretender yeah, by okay. Foo Fighters. Uh, difficult for my skill level. And it was like a simplified version as well, I should say. But no, I... I, I <laughs> by simplified version, do you mean like... Bang. Bang. No, no, no. So it's, it's, it's like, it's the, it's the melody, but it's um, it, rather than tell you what chord to hold, it will like tell you what... You just hold one string. So you'll play like ding, 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 ding. But it will be, it's one string. It's not okay, like this okay. chord, this chord, this chord, this chord. Yeah, okay. Um, but I'm, yeah. So and I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it and Rocksmith is cool. I've got it. I had it plugged in earlier um, so that I could try it out. Nice. Um, yeah, no, and apart from that, I, I have got to about the 26 hour mark on God of War Ragnarok. Um, Ooh. I've sunk a couple of hours into the, Messelfulheim, however you say it, uh, challenges. So I've taken a little bit of a departure. Oh right, from, yeah, yeah. So I was going to say twenty, uh, 26 hours would be enough. Uh, would be enough time to finish it if you had wanted to finish it, kind of thing. I am very much a uh, sort out side quests, go and find treasure, open like chests, and do that sort of stuff when I play games. So it's going to take me a while yet, I think, to um, okay. to finish it. I sent you a message. You'll have to tell me where you where you think I'm up to story wise the other day. Oh. I messaged you and said this boss was a bit of a bitch and um you didn't see it or reply. So I don't remember really, I, really <laughs> I remember us talking wow, about ghosted. something the other day. <laughs> oh god, now I feel horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I left left me on unread. Did I, did I wow. Look at it? Oh, wow. I've seen it now. Um okay, I know where you are. Yeah. You're a, 
you, you, I have no issues describing that as part of the business end of God of War Ragnarok. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. Will. I mean, I'm definitely in a part where the bosses all seem to have gotten harder. Like mini bosses, main bosses. Like I have died multiple times to multiple bosses. I died like three times to this stupid little spitty imp thing. Hold on. I didn't even realise was a Hold boss. On. Relax. Calm down. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not like it's a side thing. Like you, you wouldn't even notice it okay. if I said it like... But it was one of those ones where I was trying to kill this thing and I'm like, fucking die, you annoying bastard. And I realized it had a full-on mini mini boss bar uh, above it. Um, and it took me like three attempts to kill this stupid thing. And I was, yeah, it was stressing me out. Yeah. But no, well, that's the most important thing is that, you know, progress is being made little by little. And, you know, there's plenty of weeks, even months still to come for us to uh cross the finish line collectively with that game and have any discussions that remain to be had at that point. Uh, yeah. Chris, uh, how have you been keeping yourself busy in the meantime? Not not with God of War, I'm afraid. Uh, I haven't played any this week, which is like a travesty. Uh, Squirrel Gaming fails. It failed this week, fellas. Um, I think, actually, we've rebranded it. It's now Ratatoska Gaming. So, oh, Ratatoska <laughs> Gaming, yeah. Fair enough. I, I, I wouldn't mind that. That sounds fair. Um, look, I, I have been playing a game. I... I Finally took the plunge and bought Dome Keeper because it was on sale right. on Steam. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a little kind of like indie game that I wanted to play. It's it's very uh, much like Kingdom. Like I, I've said this before, like it, it's got the same kind of vibe where at one point you go and you collect resources until the timer comes up and then it's like, hey, all of a sudden you're being attacked by things and you need to go and defend. So it's almost like two games in one. Um, it's really good. I, I picked it up mainly because... I just wanted to play, even though I wasn't able to play on my PlayStation for multiple reasons, I just wanted something that I could just like play for like 10 minutes, hit pause, do some work, go back to it, etc. Um, yeah. yeah. Dome Keeper is a good game. It's a bit limited, um, but it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and the other thing that I want to say I've been doing is uh, I've been watching a, a show on Netflix called Pepsi, Where's My Jet? Um, yes. It's only four episodes. Saw the trailer I, for this one. Yeah, it's, it's only four episodes, and they're about like 40 minutes each. Uh, so it's not a big time sink. So I, I've, I've watched the first two episodes with, with my wife, and uh, yeah, it, it's fun and mental. So for those who don't know, like in the mid-90s, when the cola wars were kind of in full swing, you know, is, do you prefer Coke? Do you prefer Pepsi? And that was like, Pepsi, oh, the Pepsi generation. And Pepsi were kind of like crushing it with their ads because they – were trying to take it to the market leader of Coca-Cola. Um, so they were really focusing on their ads to try and convert the younger people to go for it, hence Pepsi Generation. One of the ads that they ran was like, or a promo with an ad, I guess, was, hey, drink Pepsi, gain Pepsi points, use Pepsi points to redeem for stuff. They called it Pepsi stuff. And it's like, hey, you can get a hat, you can get a jacket, you can get a T-shirt, some shades, etc. But the ad that they played at the end of it is like, hey, if you get 7 million Pepsi points, you can get a, a Harrier jet, which is obviously a joke, right? It's like almost saying like the sky's the limit kind of thing. But yeah, Pepsi didn't put any fine print on the ad. So therefore, it could be construed as a legitimate offer. Now, you know, as people would go, they wouldn't think about it twice. But as usually happens, there was one fucking nutcase who was like, you know what, I want a fucking Harrier jet and I'm going to do everything in my power to get it. And I'm just going to leave it at that because it's it's an interesting tale, fellas. It's, uh, it's yeah. equal measures, entertaining and bizarre. 
But the, what's, what's really nice about this kind of documentary is the way that they've done it. They spent a lot of time and effort in kind of like, I wouldn't even call it dramatic recreations because that's like bringing to mind like your mom's documentaries that she was watching and you just wanted to fucking watch cartoons or some shit. You're like, fuck this shit. But no, like the way that they've done it is so fucking cool. Like flipping between like uh, fake 1995 VHS footage of the guy kind of like doing up, coming up with his ideas and his schemes and all of that. And then to the modern day, like it's so well done. It's, it's really, really, it's, it's just a good time. Um, nice. But yeah, like l- listen to this, fellas. So last week, last week was a rough one. So what did we, we record on Sundays. Okay. So Monday, Tuesday, fine. As usual, spent some time with my wife. I watch, started watching Pepsi, Where's My Jet, etc. Wednesday comes along and my wife managed to get tickets to the opera. Now, we are not cultured people. We do not partake in the opera. but How dare you? <laughs> but my wife got offered these tickets and she was like, you know, like, fuck it. We've never been to an opera. Let's just give it a try. And it was for an opera of um, It's a Wonderful Life, which is a Christmas film. How lovely. Yes, how lovely. And it's uh, my wife's favorite Christmas film. So we're like, yeah, you know, we'll just fucking do it. Fellas, opera is shit, okay? It is like, how is it an, an art form that's kind of stayed to this day? I, I hate to say it, but it's really bad. It's it's really hard. Um, you know, I like, hold on because I, I I disagree. I basically went to the opera the other day because I saw Lyle Lyle Crocodile at the cinema. Um, so I think I can weigh yeah. in, and I thought that was fun. So well, I, that's I that's a that's a film, a kids' film, and B that's probably a musical and not an opera. An opera is very different, dude. Like parts of this opera, I was like, just make just. just just make it a musical. Just make it a musical. Because don't but, they sing everything in an opera? They sing everything, but it's not even just singing. It's it's like operatic singing. So it's that, very much like yeah, when they get like all the fucking uh, you know that that kind of shit. Like, there's, could you understand no, the story? There's no fucking melody. Well, this is the thing. So it was in English, okay. So a lot of these like opera, you think like German, like fucking Valkyries and Deflator Mouse and all that shit, right? Um. But what they had at this thing is this little LED, like an LED thing on top of the stage, telling you the words that they are opera singing, for lack of a better word. And actually, oh, because like, it's so it's, it's like listening to Michael Jackson when you're like, I've no no idea what he's actually saying. Yeah, so like, it's like it's got to tell you. Like honestly, like or sting. Suck- yeah, yeah, sting exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, that sounds I, kind of shit. I, to be so would I recommend opera? No, save, save yourself the time and rather play God of War. Ragnarok, which is what I should have done. And then, uh, what was it the very next day? I did something else. Oh, I met, I met with a friend who's immigrated from South Africa to, to London, so I took him out for some nice burgers. Um, then Friday was Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to all uh, American friends and listeners. Um, no, boo to them. Isn't that, our, isn't that the one where they are happy that they killed us or something? Or is that the other yeah, one? I think no. it's most of the things they celebrate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Independence uh, Day is the one where they're like, oh, oh we're not English anymore. Yeah. That's, I'm thinking, I'm sorry. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving. I was thinking of no, that. Th- this no, is no, the one no. where they just murdered all the Indians or some shit like that. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so because my, like, um, my in-laws were, were like lived in uh, Chicago for a long time. So they've kept those kind of traditions alive. So had Thanksgiving on Friday... Saturday was like fucking food coma. 
which brings us to today, which is recording of the podcast. So that's that's how my week has been, fellas. It's been absolutely insane. But you know what? I'm looking very much looking forward to just looking at this week coming up as my God of War week, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna smash it. I'm gonna cane it. Hold on, I've just realised I did my catch up wrong. Uh, I woke up on Monday and I was <laughs> tired and sleepy. So I had a cup of coffee. I'm just giving the excuses as to why, like (laughs) an understanding, building out a a narrative as to why I haven't been on God of War Ragnarok. Come on. Nah, it's all good, man. It's all good. You know, keep keep it up. I might be messing with you. The the only game thing, Dome Keeper, highly recommended if you like um, indie games that are like a a sessionable indie game. But there you go. All right. I'll be honest, Chris, you lost me about halfway through that entire thing when you started talking about (laughs) deflating a mouse, I think you said. Deflate a um, mouse. It's it's the the bat. I think it's the bat. I don't. I just want to know how the mouse got inflated to begin with. I don't care where like where you're deflating it. Who inflated <laughs> the singing? The this oh. opera singer held it up and whoa, <laughs> and it went all fat. There we go. That yeah. makes perfect the, sense. The, the, I'd the go fleur, and see inflate a mouse. The fleur de mouse. The fleur de mouse. Which I think means the bat. So it's yeah. nothing to do with mice. No. Has, the, has the bat been inflated? If at least. Mm. Chris, you're sending real mixed messages here. Okay, sorry. Ge- to know. be fair, Germans are very. Uh, their language is very much like um, it is what you think it is. So deflate. It's probably like it means flying mouse. It probably is what they call I, that. I literally. Oh, this is the flying yeah. mouse. No, I think that's literally it. So if, if I look up like flieder meaning, it probably means fly, right? What does flieder mean in German? Uh, no, flieder is bat. Well, that's confusing oh. then. Oh, so, so bat mouse. Is mouse. Bat, bat, bat mouse. mouse. <laughs> I love that. Oh, what's your name for bat? Bat, bat mouse. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's man. great. Bat mouse. And they decided Why to turn it into a musical. But have you attached the mouse to it? Well, we just thought we would. Someone clearly thought that the one thing a mouse was lacking was wings, and said if you attach a bat to a mouse, and then. Then you've got a bat. It can fly, and then, and then if you had done that and it worked, why not sing about it? Oh God! It's like, uh, it's a, uh, what is a bat? Oh, it is like a flying mouse. No, it is more mouse. It's more. It's bigger than mouse. Oh, it's bat mouse. It's yeah. bat mouse. <laughs> bat someone, mouse. Someone, someone misinterpreted. Someone misinterpreted. Uh, like someone describing pigeons as flying rats and try to actually make one. And it's like, <laughs> what if we made the real pigeon with a bat und mouse? Oh, that's so <laughs> Do great. Do you notice how I said und instead of and? Und, und. That's yes. my authentic German experience. Um, ah. Was uh-huh. du in Schultasche? <laughs> bat, well, this, is, this has honestly tickled me. Bat mouse? Why? <laughs> <laughs> bat mouse. You said it. It was your, it was your creation. Oh, so fucking great. It's, well, was it wasn't me, but yeah. There you go. Jamie, what, what have you been playing? Because you were uh, the one who plays you know the most what? games, you know, like, I, surprise, you know surprise. Maybe, Chris, but while it only takes an hour, maybe even two to play a video game, I just had so much on my plate this week with going to an opera and Thanksgiving that I didn't play a single <laughs> video game. Do you know, it's, Sorry for it's, having it's, a life outside of fucking games. <laughs> uh, well, that's to be... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, no, again, no, fair enough. Um, yeah. yeah, I played a couple of things. Um, I, I'll keep it brief, though, because I'm pretty early on in both. Um, I've played like li- literally like an hour of uh, Pentiment, which oh. is the new, I guess, narrative-driven, not specifically non-action RPG from Obsidian that is set in the 1500s, I think, and you play as um, like a, an artist in, in a town 
that, and you're working at the nearby abbey, and uh, it essentially devolves into a murder mystery that is set across, from what I understand, three distinct periods of time in both Andreas's life and across, you know, the the town's life, and so the uh, the lives of everyone living in it. And you have yeah. to kind of talk to townspeople, learn more about them, um, and uh, choose how you divvy up the limited amount of time you do have to make progress in in this investigation into a murder. And it's like it, it's not like a disco Elysium. You can't like interact with everything. It is really just about traveling around this town and talking to people and remembering what they say and piecing together a certain piece of information. The other thing that's interesting about it that has uh, it, uh, delighted some people and pissed off others is that rather than having the kind of classic thing where a narrative stranglehold comes in at the end and says, yes, but here's the ending. This has a, this isn't like no canonical ending. Um, you might never find mm. out who the murderer is. You can accuse whoever you think the murderer is for uh, for any reason you think they are the murderer. It's one of those kind of things. Slight downside to it, I guess, for some people, is that it does run you at about 20 hours per playthrough, which in a game that is specifically designed to make sure you never see everything in one playthrough and has very strict t- excuse me, time parameters could be a bit of a bummer for those who don't want to spend, like, say, 60 hours learning everything there is to know about Pentiment. Um, I can see why that would not be a good deal, yeah. but <clears throat> what is a good deal is Game Pass, and this is on it. So uh, <laughs> shout out Pentiment. Seems so like the kind of game that couldn't exist without Pentiment. Those yeah, that's, without without Game Pass. That's that's what the guy said, right? Like it, it's literally Game Pass that made this game event, yeah. like possible. Um, but it, they've they've been having like review bombing bombing on this game. <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of it's that kind of, kind of thing which is like we we can't have nice things sometimes where <laughs> people are finding any excuse to go onto Metacritic and say I think doesn't run one hundred and twenty frames a second. I mean, <laughs> don't buy it. Zero. Honestly, it's not. It's 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 more petty than that. Which is I think. Do you know what I think the problem here was? First of all, Game Pass puts it in the hands of millions of people, um, tens of millions of people, if you believe. Uh, what Sony yeah. PlayStation is sending it, saying about Microsoft, um, <laughs> and you're, that's what they're saying to them. It's like, hey, it's a new murder mystery RPG from Obsidian. It's also um, it, it, it's a good thing for most of us, but a bad thing for people who are bad at setting expectations. It's written directed by Josh Sawyer, who is notable for being the director of Fallout New Vegas, which is still um, you know in most corners of the internet a revered entry, not just the Fallout series, but sort of you know, the recent history of RPGs and, st- and storytelling in RPGs. But actually, like, this is a very slow burn of a game. This is a murder mystery that takes literal hours to get to the murder um, and then puts you on fairly strict time limits with regards to what you could do to figure out who murdered, who, who committed the murder. And you might not be satisfied with your ending and you might not be satisfied with how you chose to spend your time. And you know, when you've got a decision to make, going and having lunch with person E rather than eavesdropping <laughs> on person B might have ended up being the wrong choice and you might miss some crucial piece of information and you might feel like you wasted your time. It's also got a very unique art style that is meant to kind of... So Andreas, the person you're playing as, is like kind of an artist. They're called... Um, they, I can't remember the name, specific name for his role, but you, you can imagine sort of like texts um, from the 1500s and almost tapestries in the 1500s. The, they've all got like like pictures d- d- drawn into the corners yeah. and like some of the font will have, have like really nice sort of... So he's basically an artist that comes in that doesn't do the writing, but takes the writing and makes it all look really pretty and laid out nicely. So everything's... Right. That's why all the lines are really straight and that's why all the drawings are beautiful and that's why <laughs> the first letters of certain paragraphs are big and swirly. He's like an artist that makes the writing look nice, working inside churches and monasteries and um, and abbeys and so on and so forth, working for the church. They come up with new scriptures and psalms and so on and so forth. 
and like you mix a lot of that stuff and the fact that this is a game that's really invested in its history and things that are going on at the time it's actually got an entire feature where every time they reference say like a certain figure from the church like a certain saint or if they mention a certain place or a certain event you can hit tab and the, it zooms out and the margins of the page become viewable and you literally get like little sub things being like this was this person was the saint of this this and this and it's like like it, it's a lot it's a, cool. there's a lot That's it's cool. dense and it's not for everyone and i can see yeah. that maybe being why but it should it shouldn't there's no excuse to uh, <laughs> review bomb anything it's the dumbest reaction you can possibly have to a, an essentially free piece of software um but it, you <laughs> yeah. know it's a it's a it's a labor of love like it's a passion project for this team it's the sort of thing that couldn't exist without game pass and i think all the more reason to like give it a look and see if it's your cup of tea it's got some really intriguing ideas um mm. I'm so happy for that sort of game as well. Like uh, it makes reminds me of something like um, Artful Escape, where it, they wouldn't exist without you know uh, things like Game Pass or different ways of people playing games. Of yeah. people wanted to try new stuff. How boring would life be if you didn't get to play anything like that? Because companies were too busy just shoveling out the next like FPS game. Now this is right. I'd, it's probably not for me. Like I've seen some of it, but I'm, I'm glad it exists. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good neutral position to have, if nothing else. Like, don't play it, but be glad it exists. Um, by all means. Uh, there's another mm. game I played this week that I'm also glad it exists, even if it couldn't be more different to Pentiment <laughs> if it fucking tried. <laughs> and that's Evil West, um, which is the new uh, third-person action-adventure game from Flying Wild Hog, who did the Shadow Warrior series predominantly, and also the Trek to Yomi game that came out um, earlier in the year. Yeah, uh, weirdly enough, is this is, is this uh, also my... Game Pass? No, oh, um, okay. at least I hope not because I bought it. I'm playing it on PS5, um, so I almost don't like if it's on Game Pass that I've fucked up. Um, <laughs> um, but I've got to say, like Evil West, there's 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 nowhere near as much to say about it in terms of its like complexities and its design compared to something like Pentiment. Um, it is exactly what it looks like. It is exactly what it says on the tin, which is, is like a fucking PS2 or Xbox 360 throwback, like B-game ass linear, move forward, shoot things, um, third-person action game. And I think it fucking rocks. Um, okay. Like it, it, like on surface level, it's got a lot of comparisons you could make weirdly enough to God of War in oh, that the camera's Jamie. tucked in quite close. It's on Game Pass, isn't it? Oh, no, hold on. It might not be, actually. Okay, um, like there were comparisons you can make to God of War in that, like it's uh, cameras tucked in quite close, so close that it actually needs like a cursor or an arrow that points out if there's an enemy behind you if you're getting attacked. Like you tap X once to sort of dodge and double tap it to roll. Like you primarily uh, uh, you do your melee combos on R one, but you've also got like a, a six shooter that you can get out with and fan with r2 or you can pull out your rifle for long range stuff by holding down l2 and um, oh jamie sorry it is (laughs) it's on game pass yeah but i think it's it's xbox i don't don't think it's pc so oh i don't don't care about that too much i can live with that um uh yeah um and it like it's got this it's got a very kind of uh simple sort of like story setup which is set in like the late 18 late 1800s and basically you're a part of the secret organization of essentially cowboys that um work with the government to protect the public from vampires and lots of vampire adjacent monsters and like i said it's it's a it's a really simple by the numbers throwback experts 360 arse like linear action adventure game where it's like hey cutscene level cutscene 
cutscene level cutscene. Mm. If you turn left instead of right, you're going to walk for five seconds and find a chest with some money in it. And then you go back and start running to the right. And every few levels, you're going to get a, a boss. And I will say that the, the combat system is is interesting and eventually does differentiate itself from like early comparisons to games like God of War, like I said. Um, it, and I'm, I'm just having a blast with it. Like I'm, I'm switching my brain off and I'm playing as a cowboy who has just a giant fucking metal gauntlet on his hand that he uses to punch the shit out of vampires. Like <laughs> it's really hard not to have a good time with it. So I, yeah, I've so heard that's, the, been, that's been awesome. I've heard the game be described as um, Doom if it was a Western. Does that ring true? Yeah, yeah. There were certain elements like even even Doom like makes more of an attempt to have like certain strings to its bow than Evil West. Like Doom has traversal and Doom has puzzles. Evil West is kind of just like. No, you're just going to walk forward and then kill more things. Um, <laughs> apart from a bit of collectible hunting, there are elements of it though where, like, yes, you are like um, you, you're kind of like spatially navigating certain certain areas to keep your distance from certain people. Uh, like, uh, there are kind of opportunities to uh, windows of time where you can hit uh, weak spots within enemies with your long range rifle that will significantly lower their health. Um, like I've like got to the point where there's like an electricity ability that I can use to either throw myself towards or scorpion style pull enemies towards me. <laughs> there's this really nice. cool system where so you can kind of like some of this will sound like straight out of God of War because it is. You can hold down R one R one being your main attack button to do an uppercut which launches them and then you can like juggle them in the air. But if you hold forward an R one, then you do an uppercut followed by a Superman punch. And if you're near something in the environment, like a column of spikes or a stack of TNT, you will target that. So you do this combo where you uppercut someone, you jump, and a Superman punches them in the air into like a spike pile, and they just explode into bits. There are glory kills yeah. to get health back, like Doom. Like, yeah, like it's getting seven out of tens in a lot of places because it is exactly one of those. It's like, do you want to spend eight hours playing a third person shooter that wouldn't have felt out of place on the Xbox 360 or the PS3? If that sounds, if you like, if you think games recently have become too bogged down with <laughs> shit they don't need, and you don't want to spend ten minutes climbing and hearing exposition from your companion between fights, <laughs> then just play Evil West. Nice. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so, as as far as palate cleansers go, before you jump into presumably the game of the year, uh, Elden Ring, uh, was you know, <laughs> was this a good good palate cleanser from God of War? It was because it's similar enough to God of War that I was like, oh, the, I got the more. I, I had this weird thing with God of War. By the time I got the platinum, I wanted to keep playing, and so this was a nice thing to jump over. But it's also simpler and less, you know, time-consuming and mind-consuming. I guess so. Nice yeah, yeah. Uh, crossover game. <clears throat> also, nice thing to play at the same time as Pentiment because one is turn your brain on and one is turn your brain off. So you can just <laughs> choose whichever you're in the mood for. Um, lots of lots of ways to kind of fit a game like Evil West kind of into your sort of like ongoing games that you're playing. Um and then when I'm ready for Elden Ring, Chris, you'll be the first to know. But it's tough. Oh, yeah. I do feel like I, I hope that's gonna I'm happen like, oh. in the in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two rather than uh the the year of Satan twenty twenty three. I hope so too. Let's see how things go. I wanna <laughs> play Somerville. I wanna start yeah I wanna yeah. properly play Norco again. Um like I've, there's there's things I need to get done. But I like yeah, it, you know. But we'll get there. Um, <laughs> do you know who else we'll get there one way or another? Mm? Maybe Microsoft. Who? Yeah, uh, and no one knows which way it's going to go. But at some point in the time, some point in the years to come, we will know the outcome of their attempt to acquire 
Activision Blizzard. But lads, at the moment, things are looking pretty confusing because just about everywhere they go, whether it's the US, whether it's the UK, or whether it's Europe, roadblocks are being put out in front of them, sometimes by um, regulators and certain you know offices of you know this that the other and sometimes by direct rivals like sony themselves so i thought (laughs) we'd break down a few of the latest updates but more importantly some of the in some cases quite bizarre quotes and tidbits of information that have actually emerged from all these proceedings how does that sound hell yeah sounds Sounds great nice the first thing i'll say and this is actually weirdly enough like some of the least interesting shit in this you know ongoing farce of a situation (laughs) which is that um we learned that this deal is likely to be subject to an FTC lawsuit, which apparently, in if you translate that from American into the rest of the world's languages, like that's a somewhat big deal, I guess. I don't really know. I've heard of the FTC before, so I guess that's something. Yeah, I've, um, I've watched plenty of episodes of Suits to know about the FTC. <laughs> there you go. So this FTC is fe- the F is federal, right? So that is the so just the federal, government, like it's the big government, so yeah, as opposed to like a federal state trade thing. commission, right? Federal trade commission, right? Yeah, so it's, that's quite a big deal, right? It would so. seem a big enough deal, in fact, that Activision Blizzard CCO had came out on Twitter and said the company quote won't hesitate to fight to ensure Microsoft successfully acquired it. So Activision Blizzard themselves, the subject of the acquisition, seemingly saying like, yeah, we'll we'll go to court with the FTC or however the fuck that works or we'll challenge that lawsuit (laughs) in order to defend our right to be bought so while that is all kicking off in the states we'll fly back over to the UK where as I said it is facing uh, harsh scrutiny from regulators but some documents were released because essentially uh, last month in October I believe um, (laughs) so basically Sony put a sent a letter to the UK regulators to say here's all the reasons why this deal shouldn't be allowed to go through and Microsoft responded with a letter of their own saying here's all the reasons Sony were wrong and this led to a number of really like I said bizarre kind of bits of information coming to be surfaced from these documents we'll start with one though about the next generation of consoles the would be mm. PlayStation 6 and the Xbox whatever the fuck <laughs> I don't know um, <laughs> now of course Sony are obviously trying to tell the regulators that, hey, this deal shouldn't happen, it would be unfair. And one of the things they want to regulators to know about is that this will make people far more likely to buy an Xbox in the future because Xbox will have all the good exclusives. Um, what Microsoft tried to do in, as a rebuttal would say, well, the next generation of consoles is so far away that the likelihood of this deal happening now actually impacting people's decisions when it comes to buying that next console is severely lessened. The, re- the date that they stated um, for the next generation of consoles was, quote, not, uh, not before the fall of 2028 at the very earliest, which means Microsoft think that this, or at least are claiming that this at the very shortest will be an eight-year generation, which itself would be like one of the longest in recent memory. Is I that can believe bluff? it, though. I, I can believe yeah. it. You can believe it, but you can't, sorry. No, I can, yeah. What, just based you don't on how think things so. are going at the moment, or well, yeah. So, well, so think of it know. this way. So, so how, how long was the how long was the lifespan of the PS4? Um, seven years with a pro in the middle. Okay, so seven years with the pro in the middle. So, think of all the supply issues that they've been having, yeah. and you almost think to yourself, well, the first two years maybe that 
is equal to a single year in terms of what you hope to achieve in terms of potential sales because of your supply and demand issue. And and then you think like, okay, it's also in their interest to kind of extend the generation and work it out as much as possible, especially if they're starting to move towards a midlife pro refresh, which kind of started since the last generation. Like this makes sense to me. I really don't think it's out of responsibility. Yeah, no, I kind of agree with Chris, really. It's, I think the thing that we have to look at nowadays as well is the, the diminishing returns of each console generation. Um, like, you know, when we went from PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 2 to PlayStation 3, every time it was like <clears> less <throat> of a jump, less of a jump. And I think if it gets less of a jump, it makes sense that they they try and extend the, the life cycle to make the jump a little bit better because it's going to be crap anyway. So they might as well extend it and make it a little bit longer. Yeah, slide the pro in try and you know get a little bit more out and with this protracted launch for the this initial run of like playstation 5s and xboxes i'm I'm, yeah i'm with chris i don't think it's surprising at all interesting though that you both kind of referenced a a pro console presumably for both first party for both um console manufacturers yeah helping yeah helping yeah extend this uh this generation to be eight or nine years potentially yeah. Obviously, if we were mapping this uh, generation over to the previous one, we'd be talking about a PlayStation 5 Pro coming out either next Christmas or the Christmas afterwards. That in itself obviously sounds crazy to say out loud. So what do you think, like, where does a PS5 Pro fit into all of this? Uh, when GTA 6 releases. But apparently not. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I think, like so, Jonesy's right in terms of technological leaps, right? If you think of what was the main factor um, difference between PS4 and PS5, it's got to be the SSD speeds. So you're going from like spinning plate hard drives to solid state SSDs, like that. That is probably the biggest performance increase that we've had through the console generation. Then you talk about like um, 4K and HDR, like that stuff that we've got already. So that stuff's not going to improve. It's not going to all of a sudden be like 8K because consumers probably at that point would just start to be getting into that 8K thing, which is not out of the realm of possibility. But more more what people are kind of like looking for, the faster load speeds, which is what we've got now. So yeah, you can have a faster SSD in the in a pro version, but how much faster is it going to be when things load almost instantaneously on your PlayStation, like that's diminishing returns. You've then, got the expansion slot of the hard drive on the and PlayStation. You've got the expansion slot, well, yeah. So it does make so things a the lot. only thing I can think of, obviously, is yes, you're going to talk about like better processor and and better uh, GPU. But all that that's really going to equate to is either 8K, which people don't need, or just more frame rate, which, you know, fine. You know, more more stable frame rate, always better. But is that hmm. worth, is that really worth getting? Up to like, you know, no, especially yeah. when most people's t- televisions can't well, even do like no good doing. We we got two hundred and forty frames a second. Is like yeah, okay, no oh, one has a TV. Jonesy, gar- guaranteed, guaranteed, eighty percent of the people, if not more, that own a PS Five, haven't plugged in to, uh, via HDMI two point one to make uh, make use of like high frame rates. Guaranteed, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Most because most people are playing on TVs that don't have the capability. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, my TV doesn't have HDR or can go more than 60, 60 FPS, but, but it, it's fine for me. But I know the limitation. It, but like, yeah. But then, let me, let that's me a really interesting. Like, sorry. Do, 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 
are you not then both putting the, like creating a scenario where a PS5 Pro doesn't make sense? And like, why would Sony release one with everything you guys are saying? Uh, I think because I think you, I think with a pro is a pro can be a an an augmented version of like an existing product where they they add a few little bells and whistles that maybe are kind of irrelevant, but it's going to make some people buy it. Um, I, I, I reckon, I think I reckon it, they slim it down as well. I, I know the previous pro was bigger than the PS4 Pro was bigger than the PS4, but I reckon in the PS5, like this fucking right. chunky thing over here, Plus, I think make it make it a PS5 slim, but it's actually just a little yeah. bit more powerful. Well, with the Pro, they did both, right? Like the Pro came out at the same time as the Slim yeah. and they changed from the hard edges to the rounded and kind of, yeah. so it felt like the profiles of everything were moving down, even if the Pro was a triple decker. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, I like I could I could see that happening. I can see like, you know, get a proper vapor chamber in there or something and, and bring it down. I can see, I, th- I can see, I can see the Xbox go for like their, their Project Scorpio kind of thing. Or Scarlet, whatever it was and, called. It's just another series, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Pick, series, pick series, series sixty nine. That's what I'm looking for. I think next next generation is the one where things are going to get weird as well, because it's it's going to be moving away from traditional consoles. In that sense, it's going to be like there's going to be some weird shit. Here it's we go. Like a, Here we go. There's no, Jones no, no. I'm I'm forget <laughs> the cloud gaming. Forget the cloud gaming for now. But like, I think there's going to have to be because like we've said, the the, the frame rate, the uh, the, the um, hard drive stuff is going to be so much less of a push for people. There's going to be have to be other stuff that's going to make that's going to make people yeah. actually go and buy them. So, and I could see some weird kind of like I don't even know, like a, a detachable screen that me you can take away and play your PlayStation wherever you go. <sighs> some weird. There's going to be some weirdness coming well, through because they're going to. I mean, have you, you did just describe a Nintendo Switch, so I guess that's not <laughs> out of the realms of possibility. Yeah. Um, but I, I, well, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm of the opinion that just like. That uh, this was the generation in itself that a lot of people looked to to be unconventional in some way, shape, or form. And Sony and Microsoft, less so Nintendo, both said, "Well, what if it was just conventional again?" And consumers buy and then consumers were by and large were like, "Oh, this is so good, we're going to buy even more of it than we did the previous generation." And every single analyst prediction was wrong. And PS5s, where possible, where available, are still selling faster than PS4s, even with the shortage in you know in stocks yeah. and and so yeah. on and so forth. Like it's a um, and so I, I just don't think that much can change in six years when it comes to either the um, the console manufacturers' desires to kind of push the envelope and the consumers' desires to play something unusual. I think in 2028, people are still going to want the most powerful box available on the market that it, d- associated with the brand that they're most comfortable with. And they're going to want yeah. to put it under their TV. They're going to plug in some version of an HDMI and they want the game to run well. <laughs> and like okay, this so, generation so, has been... So to your point, Jamie, like, yes, at, at some point, someone is going to want the new, the new, new, right? The hotness. Yeah. But from PlayStation and, and Microsoft's perspective, like, they they don't need to completely fix the architecture of what they've already got. That's why a Pro does make more sense than a, a PS6, as an example. Because I, I don't, you, I don't. You, you've, you've got those key ingredients, you just, you know, sprinkle some cinnamon on top. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it does not make sense. But the other thing I think is that, like, we talk about, like, jumps in, in hardware and the things that these consoles can do in the future and whether or not we'd actually notice a difference in diminishing returns and so on and so forth. And I think that's all true. But I think the way that generations play out nowadays, given how long development takes, also changes the way that like uh, expectations can be set around 
the way that consoles deliver their performance. And more often than not, we saw this in the PS4 and the Xbox One X generation. We're seeing it again now. Like performance returns are seen across the course of the entire generation. Yeah. You know, the goalposts aren't set on day one and then they don't move. And you you look at what like like Naughty Dog with the studio I had in mind for some reason with the PS4, where they started with The Last of Us Remastered and then it was like Uncharted 4 and then ended up with The Last of Us Part 2. And it's just like, it's night and day, like what happens over the... The hardware doesn't change and what certain developers are able to get out of it does change dramatically. And we've just yeah. had God of War Ragnarok, which was a, you know, a, you know, a technical masterclass in many respects. And they described it as a PS4 game that runs on the PS5. So there is going to be an element of like, Things are still going to increase gradually. We're going to be in such a better place in 2028 than we were in 2022 that getting that little extra jump to the next generation of consoles is still going to feel like justified, and we're still going to end up in that point where it's not the it's not the jump that makes a difference. It's not the thing that matters. Isn't how good games look in Christmas of 2028 compared to Christmas of 2027. It's the fact that you know, in Fast and Furious terms, you've just bought yourself another 15 miles of runway before you have to take <laughs> off again. You know. <laughs> And it, and that's yeah. what happens is these things incrementally and gradually improve over the cost of the generation. And when that next console comes out, you know you might get a rise son of Rome every now and then. You're just like, how does that game still look so good? What the like, <laughs> what what happened there? Um, um, but more often than not, like I said, it's about that runway. Um, and it's about yeah. where you're going to end up in twenty thirty four. You know, and that's when we'll be grateful for the PlayStation Six, not twenty twenty eight. Um, now I'll be dead by then. Yeah, so who, who gives a shit? Yeah, <laughs> I kind of, I think, I don't know though. I, I, you're probably right, but I, I kind of hope that by by uh, 2028 we'll be talking about like a paradigm shift. It feels like there's a whole bunch of technologies that are sort of reaching a pinch point. Like, is that if that's mobile phones, if that's like televisions, if consoles, where uh, you know, even like headphones, controllers, things like that, where they've iterated and iterated and iterated, and you're getting really good versions of them, but we're going to have to reach a point where you're like, you know, the DualSense 5 controller, the what the fuck it's called, the DualSense controller is is pretty amazing. Like, how are you going to make it's it wild. any better? How are you going to, like, you know, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? And, and I'm hoping that they just say, do you know what? This new thing that you haven't even thought of, and then we'll all be like, oh, like, it's amazing. Like, what, what, just, what, just, what, what, what is the example of that? Like, there's so many technologies that have been around for decades longer that don't have examples of that. No, no, I'm saying that I was saying like a new technology that they'll, they'll introduce. Never, no, but like, I don't know. Like, so for example, like uh, the easiest one obviously is like mobile phones when they went to like smartphones. You have that yeah. sort of paradigm but, like, shift. There hasn't, um, paradigm shift there. there hasn't been a post-smartphone paradigm, paradigm shift though. And no, 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 they've tried, before. right? Like, oh, here's No, not yet, there hasn't. There here's rollable yeah. and everyone's like, meh, I just want a normal phone. You, the, there have been smaller ones on consoles. Like I'd say like going to like wireless controllers was like a paradigm shift. Um, in some sense I, I think going from like 2D to 3D gaming was like a massive paradigm shift that one yeah um, for sure it's it's, but then it's like you know I don't know I don't know what it is but I'm hoping for I'm hoping for that, I guess that's why there are smart people that all these companies to figure <laughs> that stuff out right that's why, we, exactly. yeah, that's why we're on a podcast not, not tinkering yeah. in a fucking lab right yeah um, the other thing we can do from a podcast is speculate Chris one thing you mentioned there GTA 6, because GTA 6's <laughs> name has been uttered in these documents, believe it or not, uh, by Microsoft, of all people, when they were trying to uh, remind UK regulators that there were lots of other games that could be considered shooters that continue to come out all the time. One such example was GTA 6, um, and they, admittedly by citing a source which was... Terrible shooter. Random, what a fucking terrible shooter. <laughs> I mean, it's a weird example for a shooter. It's, it's, 
it doesn't fit their argument, but uh, honestly, it's, hey, hey, the, you hold a gun and you shoot. It's a shooter. The, lads, the state shooter. of documents, though. Like, if anyone wants a good 111-page laugh, just read, like, some of the letters. Because <laughs> they know they're speaking to the lowest common denominator. They know they're yeah, speaking to yeah. 60-year-old white men who don't understand anything. So it's like, no, Grand Theft Auto is the biggest shooter on planet Earth. That's so cool that you can't be. Um, <laughs> but getting back to the point at hand, Microsoft speculated, admittedly via another online source that, you know, itself was based on rumor and speculation, that GTA 6 would release in 2024, which, I mean, it doesn't sound too unrealistic. Two years away? No. You work uh, in maybe another like a six month uh, delay somewhere in the mix, and uh, I think you're talking Rockstar. I uh, I yeah. genuinely am so excited about GTA Six. Like, <laughs> think about how good GTA Five is, and now think about GTA Six on the next generation. Like, it's I, yeah, I'm quite excited for that. They can they can bring it out whenever the fuck they want, and I'll play the hell out of it. Like, take as much time as you want. Get that game looking amazing. You, it's not going to be a shooter, so don't worry if your shooting mechanics aren't great. It's just going to be a fucking kick-ass game. So, yeah. Yeah. But 2024, wow. Chris, are you with it? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, delays aside, okay, think of the time frame from announcement of Red Dead Redemption 2 to release. God, I can't. When was it announced? 2016 or 2017? Probably uh, 2017. Can't have been two years. I'm going to guess 2017. But but remember, there was quite a substantial delay with it, right? I think there were multiple delays, right? Yeah, yeah, but I think there was like one substantial. So it was released in October 28. When was it first announced? Uh, it was announced... Ha, ha, ha. 2016. So it was almost two years uh, between announcement and release. So it's possible. It's possible. Like, why not? It's like, possible. It, uh, but but it's 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 also a question of like how long is a piece of string? Mm. I, I I actually can answer that question. I'm going to answer it right now. Yeah, string um, length. A, oh a piece of string is six centimeters, and GTA Six is going to be announced in 2023 for release in 2024. That gets delayed in 2025. I mean, that's that's about the most sane thing you probably ever said on this podcast. Not the string. <laughs> no, but like, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, it's Rockstar. They, they yeah. march to the beat of their own drum. Like, fucking fair enough. The the point is that Microsoft are just like doing, pulling everything they can to kind of make this deal seem not as um, monopolistic as yes. Sony are trying to make it out to be. You know, the truth yes. is in the middle. Yes. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, the truth is in the middle. And I wonder <laughs> if we could uh, end this by going full circle on one additional claim that Sony have made that uh, refers back to a publisher and a company that we were talking about at the start of the podcast, uh, Nintendo. Andrew, remember how we were talking about how Nintendo were in a field of their own, their hardware was selling over 100 million copies, each of their pieces of first-party software had an incredible attach rate, you know, Pokemon, Scarlet and Violet, sell selling, setting records. Um <laughs> It could be argued that from that perspective, being a, being Nintendo would be quite a good company to be. Yeah. Like being, yeah. having Nintendo's spot in the games industry might be quite a desirable position. <laughs> that is actually the opposite of the argument that Sony are trying to make. Um, Sony has claimed that Microsoft's, quote, true strategy, that's their actual wording, behind its proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard is to have PlayStation, quote, become like Nintendo by which they mean have them not able to compete in the 18-rated shooter space. I've actually pulled two quotes here, 
um, because one, I wanted to hear, <sighs> let people hear it in its in its beauty, in its entirety, <laughs> but also because the second part of the quote where they list the franchises highlights just how dumb what Sony actually saying is. So here's the quote. Microsoft claims that Nintendo's differentiated model demonstrates that PlayStation doesn't need Call of Duty to compete effectively, but this reveals Microsoft's true strategy. Microsoft wants PlayStation to become like Nintendo so that it would be a less close and effective competitor to Xbox. Post-transaction, Xbox would become the one-stop shop for all the best-selling shooter franchises on console, brackets, Call of Duty, Halo, Gears of War, Doom, and Overwatch. As the decision explains, and would then become then be free from serious competitive pressure. That's right, you heard it from Sony's own lips. Xbox having exclusive control of Doom and Gears of War would make them free from competitive pressure, and would essentially force PlayStation to be like their own little lonely Nintendo, unable to compete with all the big boy first grown up first person shooters. This How is so fucking weird. stupid. Like, you, the thing that makes this really stupid is that they're going, oh, they're not going to let us play in the 18-rated uh, shooter box, and that's where we want to play. And it's like, dudes, just make your own 18-rated shooter. If that's your, if yeah. that's the issue bring, you have, bring you just, back you just, new, you just bought Bungie. Get them to do fucking anything. <laughs> yeah, literally. You, yeah, you just... Do, you could just you could go and set up a studio. You've already got studios. You could buy a new studio. You could go to a thousand things to just come up with a new 18, 18 rated shooter. The fact that you can't, that you don't own, or you can't, don't have access to Call of Duty. Okay, yeah, it sucks. I'm a PlayStation player. I'm not going to buy an Xbox. Um, I play Warzone sometimes, and it's nice to be able to play it. But the idea that they're like, oh, it could, the idea that they're saying well, that means it's not fair. And to use the examples I've used as well is great. Like, it's hilarious. Because, yeah, yeah, Call of Duty, you're absolutely right. We talked about the numbers that game does. Halo, like, really? It did absolutely shit. And now everyone's <laughs> complaining. Gears of War, like, come on, man. This isn't five years ago. Um, Doom, all right. Doom, Doom is not a shooter. Components are almost non-existent at this point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a single-player campaign game that you're just going to, like, blitz through on your own. And Overwatch, I mean, come on. Dead game soon. Also, Overwatch, <laughs> to Overwatch 2, which is probably, like, that, that, that's it for now, as far as Overwatch goes, is yeah. already on PlayStation platforms and is not going to get taken off PlayStation platforms. The other thing that um, Phil Spencer has said this week, I think he confirmed it with the New York Times, is that they offered um, Sony a 10-year deal on Call of yeah. Duty from, like, for once the acquisition's done. Which, which is hey, su- surprise, it. surprise, that goes into PS, uh, PlayStation 6 territory. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it's like... I, 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 think I, that to, I Unless they've the, said the money... Unless they said the money, though, I, it's a bit skeezy to say the length of time without. Look, we said they could have it on there for ten years for five billion dollars. Like you need to, you, they need to give them money to amount as well. But how long much that's going to cost? I, 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 I guess so. But it, that doesn't. The fact that that's a like missing doesn't change the way I feel about this. Which is, I can totally see from sort of like a neutral perspective why Sony might send the odd letter here or there to regulators yeah. to be like, hey, you know, scrutinize this thing and take a good look at this and make sure there's nothing monopolistic or anti-competitive about the nature of this deal. But what it is boiled down to is, you know, really kind of like, like, like Josie almost implied, schoolyard and rudimentary arguments being made <laughs> by both sides. And the most frustrating thing about all of it is regulators around the world are buying into it and looking at it and like and, and well, it's, it's I, just I it's just fictitious, right? It's fictitious, is what it is. Yeah. I what they were only cleared by Brazil, is that right? Like so far, I think so. And 
yeah, like UK and EU things are ramping up. Like it's been yeah. looked at perhaps more than people slightly thought. And then obviously in the US, as I mentioned, the FTC thing, uh, that 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 report emerged this week. So, I mean, that would that would that would be a lawsuit if the FTC thing went ahead. So it's messy at this stage. And yeah. you know, I I don't know. I I just think the whole thing seems really stupid. I think it's a, I think I'm not suggesting any deal of this size. Like obviously, this is one of the biggest deals in the history of tech. Um, it should be scrutinized. You know, it should have to pass all the tests and, you know, pass all the sniff checks and whatnot. But <laughs> when you've got Jim Ryan being like, 10, 10 years of Call of Duty isn't enough. We can't compete. Like, look at all the look at all the things they own. How are we meant? What are we <laughs> meant to do? It's like, bro, like, no, this is I'll tell you what, just... let me, I'll, I'll, I'll give them, I'll play devil's advocate and say, I can see with, if you could say, that's no matter how stupid it is, Sony need to play every card they can to try and uh, yeah. stop this deal from happening so they can protect their players and make sure right. they've got access to Call it's of like, Duty. I think that's the one play. Like if they turn around and they'll have to go, ah, oh, man, we threw everything in the kitchen sink at it and we still lost. So yeah, I think it's like, yeah, maybe, yeah, that's maybe, fair. Maybe. That's fair. It's like, like when Nintendo have to defend their trademark on certain things and they shut down all those like indie games and like like spin-offs and, and mods and shit like that. And people are like, oh, Nintendo, they're no fun. And it's like, no, legally we have to protect our trademarks. And if we're not seen to be doing that, then we'd lose yeah, them. This is obviously not the same case in right? like, legal yeah. terms, but it's like right. the, the fundamentals still apply of like, no, we have to do our due diligence in making sure we at least try and shoot this down. Um, I, I you, you know, you that, know what but... would be amazing though? Imagine that this deal doesn't go through, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden, Phil Spencer's like, right, well, Sony, you fucking asked for it. Now the the weight of Microsoft is going to come bearing down on you. I like that would be yeah. a fascinating kind of thing to see. Like, I'd, what would the reaction be? Jim Ryan's on the phone, like, yeah, my, my Outlook has stopped working. Um, and... <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and, yeah, uh, it's, it's... And, and and every time I try to log in, it's just an animated GIF of Bill Gates going, ah 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 ah. They'll just wake up in the morning and it'll be Bill Gates has bought half of Japan. He's just yeah, going to start exactly, fucking yeah. with it. He's like, why, Bill? Why? I like that. The nation of Japan. Yeah. Well, go. do you know what? It's something to keep an eye on. And I know that sometimes the legal kind of back and forth and jargon isn't that fun or exciting, but I thought there were enough interesting sort of like quotes and tidbits <laughs> and um, ridiculous arguments being used in there that it might prove to be somewhat entertaining, as I hope this entire podcast proved to be for anyone who has mm. uh, either watched it or listened to it up, this po- up to this point. You, good news, you've made it to the end, which means either we were doing something right or you just had this on the background where you were like cleaning your toilet or something and yeah. it's it on autoplay and yeah. And yeah, and enjoy the podcast that starts autoplaying immediately after this one. I hope they're great. I don't know if they're competitors <laughs> of ours, but you know, if they are, you know, we love them. All's fair, love and war. There's no, it's just, it's just us when we were actually doing good podcasts. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. It just plays a random one from six months ago and they go, God, yeah, they're yeah. funnier. You know, like the, if it the, is a competitor... The, We'll be, we'll be speaking to the FTC because they are taking our audience and they're like, how dare yes. they? Those exactly. comebacks. They're taking away fine folks that could have been watching this on YouTube. They could have been listening to this on audio podcasting platforms. But most importantly, they could have been supporting us on Patreon. The link for that is patreon.com forward slash super show. Lads, that's another episode of this fine podcast in the books. Thank you so much for joining me in this adventure and indulging me in um, another horrific week of news as the uh, as the year fucking slowly yeah. comes to an end. 
Um, well, look, look, next week's going to be just as bad. And the week after that, we'll have plenty to talk about because uh, Game Awards would have happened, right? Game you know Awards. What would this podcast be if it weren't for Jeff Keighley? Don't answer that question because <laughs> I don't want to know the answer. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Lads, thanks once again for joining me. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. See ya. See ya.